Hi, and welcome to MentorCore. If you're new here, we're a community focused on helping people in the security, risk, and compliance fields grow their careers and leadership skills through mentoring. You can find more information about MentorCore at mentorcore.biz. I'm Dan Ayala, along with Lisa Beth Lentini Walker. Now, on to this week's discussion. Hi, everybody, and welcome uh, to another MentorCore. Uh, we're here today with Courtney Camlet from Vontier. Welcome, Courtney. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. Great. It's great to have you. Um, and uh, I guess let's start with, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and you know your world and, and how you got to where you are today. Sure. So I actually started out out of law school at the Securities and Exchange Commission. That happens to be how I met Lisa Beth many, many years ago. Um, I really learned a lot, but I eventually wanted to go in-house. So I jumped from there to a couple private law firms where I did time doing um, SEC governance, internal investigations, and a lot of M&A. And then I started my in-house career. And I've been at several companies where I've had progressing roles uh, leading up to being corporate secretary of Vontier. And I joined in November of 2019 to take the company public and spin it out of Fortiv. So. It's been quite a journey, but a really fun one. It's um, amazing. And yes, I met you a, a while ago, <laughs> a while ago at the SEC, early in both of our um, professional careers. Um, and I love how you talked about how you did time at um, <laughs> the different law firms you worked at. I think many people feel that way. Um, but um, let's talk a little bit about what's new and what you're excited about. We're, we're at the beginning of a new year, 2022. What are you excited about in you know, your life? And also, what are you excited about in the profession that you work in in general? I'm excited about a lot of things. In my personal life, we actually just bought a new house. So we're working on a renovation project that I've never done before. So it's a new year for that. Congratulations um, and good luck. Right, right. It's daughter, a little bit of a back here. high school this year. So, you know, big changes there. Um, in terms of professional, just continuing on our ESG and diversion, diversity and inclusion journey. Um, I am the executive sponsor for the Volunteer Pride Employee Resource Group, which has been a really good activity. And I really enjoyed working with the steering committee on doing programming and making people, people feel included and to be able to bring their whole selves to work. Also ESG, we announced our first um, greenhouse gas reduction emissions, sorry, emissions reduction targets. And that's been very exciting on our journey uh, as we're a fairly new public company. So we're still working our way through our ESG program and there's a lot more to come on that. So that'll be a good portion of the year spent um, on that as well. And so, what do you see for the future of the profession in general? Like, what are the big topics and that you think are going to get kind of meaty in 2022? I think definitely ESG climate change is going to continue to be a big topic in the boardroom. Uh, human capital management has become a big topic in the last year and a half. And I think it's going to continue to grow, you know, with the great resignation, with just the environment in general, the remote working, working out better than people had it expected. So, you know, it opens up the pool for all over the country and the world where it didn't necessarily occur before. Uh, it's also retention is a huge issue with all of that. So those are some really big topics. And then crisis management, I think will begin to resurface. It's always been a topic at the board, but I think it's getting more and more focus as we have more 
cybersecurity and data privacy issues. Um, and it sort of goes along with the human capital stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, going back to your, uh, to the first topic you brought up around ESG, you know, coming out of the information security field myself and seeing that growth into being something that's important because it's built on buying decisions because people are buying or not buying based on it. Um, and it has brand impact. Um, how is the, the journey of ESG to arrive at a similar place? How has that been? Is it there yet? Um, and how can people continue to reinforce that with their boards uh, or with their customers uh, to make it more, make sure that they know that it's more than just lip service? So I don't think it's there yet. I think that still is in the evolutionary phase. Uh, continuing to talk about it and educate the board and senior management is a big part of that, just keeping it front and center. Uh, there's more articles, you know, in the Wall Street Journal and other publications coming out about it. So it's getting more attention there as well, which, you know, people read. You're seeing more on social media about it. Uh, and so it's just coming up and there's more programming. The NACD is doing a bunch of stuff. And so it brings it more to the forefront into people's minds. And I think that's what helps propel it to be a continual topic versus uh, something that gets paid lip service. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think there's a lot more to be written in that space. So kind of stay tuned, but there's a lot of focus on it. So let's talk about another area where there's been a lot of focus. You have a podcast that is um, very well listened to called Women Governance Gurus. Um, tell us a little bit about the podcast. Um, you, you, you do the podcast with Liz Dunchy. How did this come about? Like, what, what, what's the future of the podcast? Um, tell us more. Sure. And in the spirit of continuous improvement, we actually rebranded last year and we became Women Governance Trailblazers because we thought for some gurus might be offensive. So we rebranded the podcast as Women Governance Trailblazers, but we started in June of 2019 and really um, there were a number of different types of podcasts and I'd become such a fan of listening to it, you know, something for 30 to 45 minutes that you can do while exercising or just on your daily commute. And I kept seeing all these great ones, but nothing about women in the governance field. And there are a number of women in the governance field that have just done amazing things and gone on to be such great trailblazers. And so I reached out to Liz and said, hey, I know you've done a bunch of this stuff with the corporatecouncil.net. You know, what about doing something for women governance professionals? And she loved the idea. And so we've been doing that for a little over two years. And it's been a fantastic way to meet people. A lot of it's through our network, but then we do get inbound outreach um, more and more frequently now, people who actually want to be on the podcast and want to share their story. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun and we're really building that out. That's fantastic. So um, let's take a little bit of a different turn. Um, one of the things that's been really challenging, um, you know, you talked about human capital management and what is going on with retention. One of the things that's been in focus lately has been well-being and how to keep everyone at their best, particularly when you have um, uh, professions that have a lot of stress and pressure just in general, and then you've combined all of the new stresses and pressures of society um, that have seemed to ramp up every couple months. Um, so what are you doing to keep your well-being in mind? What do you think makes sense for organizations as they start to think about how to retain people and keep their employees healthy and safe? 
You know, there's a number of different things that we've tried. We've tried, you know, Friday morning coffee for people who want to attend and just, you know, be in a forum where we're not talking work, but we're just talking about interesting things or personal things um, and also getting to know each other. It's been very interesting standing up a company in COVID, standing up a board, standing up a whole new corporate group. And so we've done more to sort of reach out to people and try and, and have those connection points. Um, for those of us that are in the office, you know, when we do meetings, we try and do walking meetings. So we'll walk the loops around the building to one, try and get a little exercise, but also get out of our office and not just be you know, sitting and just face to face, sort of be a little more interactive. Personally, I do yoga, uh, I meditate some, and then I take advantage of time when it may not be as busy, I'll run some errands or, um, you know, I just, I, I work when I need to and I definitely get everything done. So it's just That's, a matter of planning the day. That's fantastic. So um, when our, our little pandemic <laughs> that has gone on forever um, first started, I recall you were um, traveling in Italy at the time. And I remember there were some, some, some emails and texts back and forth that things were going south. Can you tell me a little bit about what it was like at that particular moment as a, an officer of a company in the middle of a lot of unknown. Yeah, it was uh, it was really interesting because I was supposed to be doing a business trip where I was going to be in Italy and Germany, and it was a planes, trains, and automobiles kind of a trip. And I got to Italy on a Saturday morning, and of course, you know, they already had people in the airport doing temperature checks and wearing full-on body suits. And so I walked out, but once you walked out, it was fine. Um, everything was good until Sunday when that the Milan outbreak occurred and. Uh, I was basically told, get on the first flight out the next morning because we're afraid they're going to shut down Italy and then you're going to be really stuck. And so I did. So I never actually made it into the office. I luckily had had some meals with coworkers. So I did get to, to meet people face to face while I was there. But it was the quickest European trip I have ever taken. Um, and I have yet to go back just because of the travel conditions. Wow. That that's um, you know a moment in history that um, I am sure that you will remember for a very very long time. Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes you just have to flex, and um, you know, twenty twenty was about pivot. Twenty twenty one was about being flexible, and I haven't yet figured out the word for twenty twenty two. But <laughs> live twenty twenty words. Live what you learned in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. That's what twenty twenty two is. Um, the uh, yeah, I think so. Just to combine that, the idea of of, of wellness, it, of what has gotten us here, may not be what gets us, what carries us going forward uh, in a world in which people are not were are not willing to come into the office anymore, or you're pulling people from around the world. How are you either changing, working on your on on your own activities, or helping those around you um, to be ready to work in those in this new environment where things will be hybrid, where people might be all over the world, um, or might be using different mediums than we ever have, and still create a, a an environment that's both inclusive and productive. Yeah, and I'm talking to more and more people about that at the company. And, and part of it is, you know, it's great to have Zoom meetings and it makes things a lot more accessible. You can talk to more people, greater groups of people, but it also, I think, extends the date a lot. And then you're busy catching up on what you should have been doing during the day after hours because you just didn't have time. And so being a little bit more purposeful about 
the meeting time you're scheduling, does it really need to be an hour? Could it be 45 minutes? Making sure you book, you know, either during lunch or some other time, a good break to actually just take a step back, reflect on what's happened in the morning, what you need to do for the day. Uh, I'm a big fan of lists. So I'm constantly coming into the office with a list of to-dos and then I leave usually with some to-dos. And also just being able to talk to your manager or other people in the organization and just have an outlet if you need to vent. So one of the things, um, our listeners come from a variety of different backgrounds. We have security, risk, privacy, compliance, ethics, um, all of these different kind of guardian professions. Um, One of the things that I get asked really often is what's the best way to communicate with the board and be, you know, a key resource to the corporate secretary? What advice would you give to our listeners on how to successfully communicate with these audiences? I would say with the board, I mean, email touch points are great. Know your board members. Some like text and respond better to text messages. I wouldn't suggest that you just start texting directors. Um, you know, we, we have a very controlled system for communications with directors just to ensure that, that we know who in the company is reaching out and what's going on um, in case there's questions later. But I would say frequent email communications. I usually try and do um, an outreach every week or two with either industry news or something around the company is one way. And then we've actually had in-person board meetings. So we've had people present and it's been great to get some of the high performers in front of the board. That's fantastic. And when it comes to presentation styles and things like that, how do you advise people who may never have presented to the board and this is their first time ever showing up in the boardroom? I honestly say don't read slides. You know, assume that the board members have read the material that's been posted in the portals. You know, they're all very well informed and they really do take the time and they want to learn. So it's not a regurgitation, it's hitting high points, it's giving additional color, it's leaving a lot of time for questions to make sure that that they can get questions answered, which also leads to more conversation. So that's how I usually coach. And, you know, depending on the timing of the presentation, there's some guidelines for how many slides and how detailed the slides should be. I mean, you shouldn't have to pull out reading glasses to be able to see what's on the charts. What's the current line of thinking on storytelling versus hard metrics with boards? I think Na- hard metrics. narratives versus hard. Well, metrics. And, and I think metrics tell a story. So a lot of directors really do like to see the metrics because you can do comparisons, you can see trends. So I, I think where you can hard charts or, you know, metrics are great and then add a little bit of narrative and then add more narrative when you're in person or on zoom. Uh, at the meeting so they can understand. That's great advice. Yeah, but definitely a mix. Uh, And we have more questions for metrics continually. (laughs) Yeah, I'm certain. I'm certain of that. Um, The, you know, the idea that, that, that boards are, boards have long been seen by people who not involved with them as uh, beyond arm's length or unattainable, unreachable, hard to interact with. Yeah, and it's great to hear that you're bringing more people into you know into interact with boards and get that experience. How can people 
wrap their minds around the way that a board thinks about risk, about compliance, about security, about all of these topics is where, where should they start to, to how, do, how should you start to think about a board thinking about these topics uh, as a prep for going into that, into that interaction that first time? There's so many great organizations like the Society for Corporate Governance and NACD that people can join that have amazing resources that help give you a behind the scenes look into you know, dealing with board members, what board members are looking at, what's being presented as key issues that the board should consider or audit committees or comp committees or nom and gov committees. So I think all those resources are fantastic, you know, keeping abreast of like the Wall Street Journal and New York Times, Washington Post, you know, just what are the headline articles there. Um, and then I just follow a number of different podcasts that are either about the board or, you know, BlackRock does one um, about topics that are important. So I, I have a whole list of, I think, like 17 different podcasts that I listen to every week that I that you know, they drop on different days. So it makes it a lot easier. But I wake up and I refresh my podcast feed and, and get on it. Wow. That's great. That's, Continuous that's, learning. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very dedicated because uh, that's, a, that's a practice at this point where you're gathering information. And I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Groups like NACD are um, very influential and the Society for Corporate, for Corporate Governance um, are both very influential in terms of where information first may be seen by board members and your general counsel and your corporate secretary. Yeah, and, and I'll actually, for me, as a touch point with the board, if I see a podcast where, you know, the board member sits on the board of another company and their CEO is, is you know, on the podcast, I'll send a link over and say, hey, I saw, I heard this podcast, thought you might be interested, and they do appreciate that. Oh, that's a fantastic way to have some positive outreach. Um, well, I think we're getting to the end of our time. Um, and one of the questions that we always like to ask, because MentorCore is really about mentoring and connecting with others um, in these challenging professions is, you know, as you think back on your career, what's the best advice that you ever received from a mentor um, throughout your, your career journeys? The best advice is get comfortable being uncomfortable. You do more when you're outside your comfort zone. You tend to get a little complacent if you're just doing everything that you know and have done in the past. So getting outside that comfort zone really has been key. Um, when I joined Vontier, I helped design the headquarter. I'd never done that before, but there was really no one else who would do it. So I volunteered with one other uh, coworker and, and we worked with the design team. I helped form the uh, Inclusion, Diversity, and Equity Council and help set up ERGs. And I've just done things where, you know, maybe someone hasn't volunteered, maybe there just hasn't been anyone around um, to do it. So I really do enjoy building things. So I find if I get out of my comfort zone, I do more of that. Oh, very wise. And you learn and you learn new things along the way. It's uh it, it's great advice. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Courtney Camlet, uh, Associate General Counsel and Corporate Secretary at Vontier. Thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Dan, Lisa Beth. And to our listeners, all the uh, links to the items that uh, that uh, that we discussed in the episode, along with a link to, uh, to Courtney's podcast can be found uh, in the show notes, or if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, you can find them in the description below. Thanks so much, and we'll see you on the next MentorCast.